Oh, Lordy, 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 here we go. It is podcast recording day. Here we are. And I am super stoked to be back. This is Rachel Vote. Uh, this is a Good Girls Guide podcast. And thank you so much for being here. Uh, normally, I am uh, actually co chairing, I guess, I don't know if you'd say that, this podcast with my good friend Jess Anderson McGovern. Uh, she's currently on maternity leave, loving on her baby Harper. And um, much love to her and the family as they continue to take this time to bond as much as necessary. So if you are looking for a boudoir photographer, Please make sure to check out my dear friend over on Facebook uh, with um, Boudoir Photos with Anderson or Photos with Anderson in general. She's also on Instagram. Uh, we love you and miss you and um, can't wait to have you back. So uh, for myself, if you're new, thank you so much for being here. Find a way to connect with me so that you can tell me how we found each other. It would be so fantastic if you did. And I can love, love, love on the person who introduced us. So um here on a Good Girls Guide podcast, it kind of envelops all of the things in terms of where you can find me on other social media platforms and so on and so forth. Uh, my my current description, if you're not new to the podcast, it tends to be like a fluid introduction all the time because I don't even really know what to say about myself, I guess. But uh, my current description is uh, I'm an entrepreneur for the last eight and a half years that started with a background in intimacy coaching, which spiraled into health and holistic wellness as well as... Um, wealth building and so on and so forth. And today I'm a currently a quantum healer in training, uh, which I hope to have that class completed here fairly quickly. But in the current moment, the best way to describe what I love, love, love to do is to be a perspective coach. So if I can bring some relief to you in your life in terms of understanding your situation from a different set of eyeballs or allow for you to see somebody else's perspective so that you can give yourself relief and not taking that situation personally or so on and so forth. That's kind of the best way to describe it. So you're in the right place that this is uh, vibing with you. And if you love the free content aspect, make sure that you're turning into the Facebook page where you can find me, uh, Rachel. No, actually, it's like facebook.com slash a good girl's guide too. I'm pretty sure I made it. I'm pretty sure I made it easy to find. Uh, so there's free content that I pop over there pretty much all the time. Um, I also have a private Facebook group where you can be 18 years or older and feminine energy that is a really good way to do some intimacy building and sexual wellness uh that, that group's been going on for a while and it is private so you have to be invited by an existing member or myself uh, nobody can search for it for that exact reason we want to keep that environment exactly what it is meant for and it's it's just a great place to hang so Please make sure that you can get that invited. You can also find me on Instagram as well as the TikTok as a good girl's guide too. It's all the same handle. And I think that's just about it besides empowerment classes. So if you dig what you're hearing and you feel like you are changing or you're planting the seeds that feel relieving, then definitely consider doing an empowerment class, a group setting uh, via online option where you can really get kind of the basis, the introductory level of empowerment. We cover wealth, relationships, mental, physical well-being, spirituality, and your passion, which would be growth and contributions, the best way to describe that. So empowerment classes, great way. And finally, if you are interested in doing just some personal growth and massive momentum, then I would recommend doing a one-to-one -one session. That way we can really focus on your personal belief system, your history, your background to help you dig into your beliefs now to make sure that they say, oh, I'm sorry, they line up with, they say, they line up with who you say you want to be in the world and make sure that you're actually showing up as that version. So, uh, again, make sure to reach out to me if any of those things sound like you would like to hang, I guess. All right. So this podcast tonight, we are wrapping up a four-part series. So you don't have to listen to them in any particular order, but they do have a little bit of a flow to them. So this would be the fourth podcast. So you can start three podcasts to go from this one, if that makes sense. That would be this is episode 57. So it would have been episode... 53. I had to do some actual subtraction in my head. So episode 53, uh, we started on some spoiler alert 
spur alert connections, basically. So my background in histories, uh, I, I, I mean, I do mention it quite a bit um, in terms of personal development started about five years ago. I accidentally got into it through leadership development, which spun into every aspect of my life for the best way in the best ways possible. And then I would say my journey became much more intentional about three years ago. And then two years ago, it became really serious. And then um, a year ago, it just became kind of a part of my life. And so um, what I've been able to accumulate in that time frame is my value into this, I guess you would say marketplace. I don't know. It's what I love to do. It's where I find my most of my growth and contribution. And it just so happens that I get to, you know, do it for a living, which is just really empowering and validating for sure. So uh, the accumulation of knowledge is is beneficial because, you know, I, it does not only encourage you to go out and do the same for yourself because you might resonate with some of the things I say or a lot of the things that I say, but you will also find that a lot of your things will come from your own journey. So you'll find a lot of other discoveries from other people that inspire you as well. Uh, and that's, that's part of it. That's part of it for sure. But the other part of that is that I would love to just kind of give you some spoiler alerts. And that's what we've been doing in this last four podcasts is I see, hear, read, experience, go to, you know, uh, a training, whatever, whatever, that there's a lot of commonalities. And, you know, I think it was, I think Tony Robbins was the first time I'd heard somebody say, you know, I just could see that there were successful people and there was not so successful people. And there had to be a correlation because there was nothing different about well, I shouldn't say nothing different. It was just that some people came from, you know, backgrounds of privilege. Some came from nothing. Some came from mediocre standards. And people who were massively successful, they didn't have a whole lot on the surface in common. So he said that he, he kind of personally got obsessed with figuring out what the difference was between successful people, not non, non-successful people, I guess. Uh, and, and that was interesting to me because I guess, well, anyways, that doesn't matter what that was interesting to me. What we are doing here is kind of a conglomeration of some spoiler alerts. So what are things that I've heard? What are things that I, like I said, all those things already, deja vu, sorry about it, um, that you will probably either come across or already have. So what can we kind of do to expedite your process of personal development so that when you do, you're like, ah, yes, I knew or to expect this, especially if you feel like, oh my God, I feel so crazy. I feel like I might be the only person going through this, whatever. But um, these are great little seeds to plant. Some of them you don't necessarily resonate with today. Some of you might even feel like they're like that crazy. Uh, and like I said, some of them you'll go, oh yeah, that feels like it makes sense. Meaning like, I feel like I've known this all along and I just had to be reminded of it kind of thing. Okay. So Definitely, like I said, check out the last three podcasts because we covered just about everything from your initial program when you first get here. We talked about a higher power. We talked about, uh, you know, the fact that we fast forward, we grow up and we're still being in this process of being programmed. And that's actually a relief because, you know, initially why it might sound scary or it takes some people, me being one of them, to really realize I was still being programmed. I'm like, you know, there was something in me that I think was ingrained or an assumption that once you hit a certain age or you're an adult, you're a free thinker. Um, and it wasn't that you weren't necessarily a free thinker prior to that. I mean, that's probably, you know, why teenagers become, you know, difficult sometimes in relationships because they start to identify with themselves instead of what you taught them or they thought they needed to be for you. Um, I don't know where age I thought that that would just stop. And, you know, you all of a sudden consider yourself a, a part of adult society. Um, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, but being a free thinker is both a blessing and a curse, right? Because it's like, 
there are some things that are very comforting, comforting when they make sense or it makes you feel a part of the group or whatever. And then there's some things that you question, you question and you don't know if you're allowed to question, you question and you're not supposed to question, um, you question and nobody has the answers and so on and so forth. Right. So, um, <clears throat> As I said last week, I, what I wanted to kind of wrap into with this conversation this week was the science behind, right? Because uh, it's it's something that I struggled with in terms of a higher power and understanding things I couldn't see, but maybe could even feel and um, incorporating some type of potential science background to that. So regardless of what side of the fence you're on, that maybe this will resonate with you or, you know, allow again for some additional seeds to be planted for you to start questioning more for yourself. And again, it's really more just about comfort because it is whatever brings sense to your world. That's really what we're after. Uh, and I think it's such an important thing to stress that that is one of the messages that I've read throughout my personal development is that there's really a lot of ways to do it. People just kind of get hung up because they expect that they're going to feel a certain way. There's going to be this brilliant aha moment um, or, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're going to feel like you're enlightened or something to that effect. And it, it's not, it's not necessarily that thing. Uh, but most importantly that, you, again, maybe you go through crystal healings to Reiki to talk therapy to an enlightenment when, when your best friend ends up, you know, um, getting on a better diet and then just going to convert to Catholicism from whatever and then they feel it or whatever. So that's the important thing to note is that there's no wrong way to to find this comfort. It's it's just to find this comfort. Okay. So when when um we talk about the programming aspect of things, it's I read this really great book. It's called Mind to Matter and I highly recommend it. Uh, it was something that I like literally listened to, I don't even know, I think in three days, and it was like a 10, 10 hour book or something like that. But it was so informative. I was, it left me on the edge of my seat. Like I was listening to a thriller. It was just crazy because it was just all of the science behind wave particles, uh, quantum physics and, you know, energy and vibration and frequency, but how people in science were really starting to understand that there was so much that you couldn't see. Um, but you were able to document, you were able to document, but then these waves and frequencies and protons and all of this energy, how, and how much it affects everything that we do all this life on planet earth and so on and so forth. So I, I highly recommend it. And I don't want to go into too much of the science because one, I will totally butcher it. It's just, it's, you're like, I don't even think this, that's a real science, Rachel. Um, but just know that it was incredibly remarkable. And one of the biggest takeaways I'm going to tell you is that basically it, it, sometimes it was very directly stated, like here we're talking about meditation and other times it was like such a scientific description that I'm like, are they describing meditation? Like, like, you know, they'd be like, somebody sits in a room and takes their heart rate and their um, breathing pattern to a certain level. And all of a sudden, the magnetic electricity that's running off their body is increased to a level, blah, 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 blah. And it's actually being measured on a blah, 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 blah. And, you know, their, their brains are able to sync with theta frequency and theta frequencies. It's just like, and I'm like, that's meditation, like bringing yourself to this. Anyway, so it was a really great book in, in a realm of, of connecting those two things together. So one of the biggest takeaways that I had from the book was that in study after study after study after study, not only um, is it that people are much more intuitive than we think, um, you know, that energy is much more than we give it credit for, um, you know, energy is something that actually amplifies up to five yards away from where you're at. So when you talk about an aura, 
like you your electromagnetic rays of your body can be measured up to five yards away okay like so that that's would be in my opinion what they would consider your aura um and your aura is affected because it is energy and it picks up other frequencies and like attracts like and and so on and so forth okay so um, the your energy of your body your energy of your body can be changed these things two two things blew my mind one by simple observance Simple observance. So in lab studies, they were able to see frequency changes in rats and mice who were injected with like cancer cells, as well as like pet uh, plants. And I want to say that there was one other one other scenario, but I don't remember what it was. But by simple observance, meaning no no positive words, no music playing in the background, no extra sunlight, no extra grow uh, food, whatever sustenance, by simple observance, meaning by just noticing and looking at something and providing it with a higher frequency emotion like positivity, it can be affected just by observance. And so, you know, when we're talking about something looking at something else, like animals or a plant, it's like, wow, that's cool. Like basically saying like unconditional love helps to grow positive energy. Mm, Correlation makes sense. All right. But then when you dial it back and you're like, so you mean simple observation of myself is something I can positively affect myself by? And it's like, Okay, okay. Well, I didn't think about that because I was only thinking about the outward observance at first that they were describing in their studies. But then why wouldn't you dial that big and it back in? If you are an observer of this rat study and this plant study, why can't you be an observer of yourself? Oh, hey, by the way, spoiler alert, that's what meditation is, right? Meditation <clears throat> is the observance of your thoughts. The misconception about meditation is that it's a practice that you learn to turn off your thoughts. And that's not the case. And I will be completely honest with you that this is something that I had a correlation of to like last two weeks. Okay. It wasn't so much that I was still in a mind frame of thinking that I had to stop my thoughts, but I definitely was practicing to stop like having to basically to have an empty mind. That's what I thought. And I guess those are the same thing, but the visual for me was much different. And so the freedom of that is, oh, I don't have to slow this cluster down well that's relieving because the like 64,000 thoughts I feel like are just like swirling around in there like a monsoon okay so all I have to do is step out of the monsoon the monsoon can keep happening out of control some days but all I have to do is look back at it and go oh those 64 thoughts are tangled in a monsoon I don't have to be in the monsoon that's what meditation is so you're practicing the disconnect from the fact that you have merged into one thing, okay? On a previous podcast, we talked very spiritual where um, you can consider it whatever you want, but where we come from, okay, just as a reminder, and I'm, I like to repeat these things, especially if we just talked about them in a podcast because, again, we're replanting the seed or we planted the seed like two episodes ago. Now I'm putting water on your seed, okay? So uh, where we came from, we don't know. We, I mean, we can make assumptions, but, you know, wherever we came from, it's probably, if not the exact same place that we're going to when we leave, yes or yes, right? And we already talked about how we know we're a spirit because our body and our brains stay here, right? We already talked about how it is proven that ATP is a thing that functions 
functions mitochondria. Mitochondria are your cells in your body and your cells in your body are powered then by electrical frequency, which is what we consider our spirit basically. So the science meets the woohoo-y, okay? Uh, so we have full circle because we have body, which is not ours, uh, interacting with spirit, which is ours, spirit powering body. Uh-huh, so we got cyclical there, right? Uh, so that's really powerful. And that's really powerful because then we learn that we're two separate things, right? It's like the person driving the car, it's the same concept, right? They they work in tandem together to have an experience of driving someplace, but the person is always able to leave the car. The car has to stay wherever it is, right? So why is that important? Well, that's important because when we talk about it again at a spiritual level, right, wherever we came from, we already kind of know, we, we've made these assumptions that it had to be unconditional love. It had to be unconditional love, okay? There's only that feeling. And the reason we talked about that is because, like, again, study after study after study proves that people who have near-death experiences or actually were um, declared dead and came back, they talk almost unanimously, almost unanimously. There are people who've had, you know, different types of near-death experiences, of course. Um, but being in a place of unconditional love where there was no other feeling and that even doesn't describe what it was that they felt, being bathed in this energy, being bathed in this light, unconditional love, right? So if we come from unconditional love and we go back to unconditional love, the other thing we talked about in previous podcasts is that being on planet Earth is what a lot of people refer to as the game, the matrix. It is our Earth experience, right? We are soul sources in a human body having an experience, right? So everything here is not real, okay? And that phrase took me a minute because I'm like, what the heck do you mean? This tree is very real. This bed I'm sitting on is very real. That dresser is very real. But when we say not real, it's not to say that these things are an imaginary thing like a hologram sitting everywhere that you're at. It's to say these things aren't real things because they, they're not infinite, Right? Your body is not a real thing in this case because it will decompose. It will return back to the earth. Even this dresser, you know, it will decompose and the wood will be back to earth. Even if it's incinerated, it will be, you know, um, it'll float back up into the air as air particles and return back to earth. So the only thing that's real, quote unquote, is that source, that spirit, that entity, that energy. Because energy cannot be created nor destroyed. That's an actual fact. I think you probably have heard that before, but a reminder, right? So science meets woohoo. If energy cannot be created and destroyed and our ATP that houses our mitochondria, that is a part of our source and spirit, that is the energetic field, that is the aura that can be seen within five yards or whatever, okay, it cannot be created or destroyed. It's only going to get recycled once it goes back to wherever it came from. So if everything that exists, the only thing that's not part of um, this earth, right, is those spirit source energy, whatever, right, and goes back to unconditional love, that means that everything else is not real. So when we talk about um, ab not inanimate objects, permanent, I don't know, actual objects, like I just said, like the bed and the dresser, right? But then we also have things that are not real that we can't see, like fear, anxiety, depression, low-level emotions. So anything other than unconditional love is not real. It's just not real. All right? So why is that important? Okay? Well, the reason that's important is because now we have separation. The the, the two things we talked about, just are the two, I guess, I, I want to stick with things or I don't want to say entities, but the body in the house or the, <laughs> the body is the house, but the, the body in the spirit. Right. So these two things have been so interwovenly twined together through your programming when you were born. Remember, you're born primal and then you get programmed to be a part of your uh, culture. So we do this with efficiencies. We do this to try to protect you. We do this so that you're accepted by others in the society as well. Um, you know, training you to use your bladder, helping you to walk, you know, don't choke 
on that food, whatever, watch out for that car, all of the things. And most of them have, well, not most of them. I can't say how many of them have good messages, but again, it's about good intention. It's about efficiency and survival. Uh, but we also then impart things upon you like fear and anxiety, which is not an innate feeling. Okay. What, when babies arrive, yes, they are cold and they cry, okay, because things are loud and bright all of a sudden. But they're immediately soothed in comfort by skin-to-skin -skin contact and generally by nursing, right? So how easy for them to go right back to the thing that they just came from, which is unconditional love. Ugh, because they're so trusting and they're so blankety smooth and they, they're no, nothing, nothing to disrupt their programming yet, right? So that's important because when you start to understand that you, that's how we started as babies and we understood unconditional love, and I mean – I don't know, relative to time, like for a long time in terms of like we as adults had to, excuse my language, I'm referring to children, but beat out the empathy for you. We had to, we had to in, we had to beat in the fear and the anxiety because blessed you, you were unconditionally loving and unconditionally in your imagination and, you know, joyful and so on and so forth. But we gave you fear. Don't touch that stuff. We gave you anxiety. Um, make sure you get that test done before it's due. You know, we did those things again, out of efficiencies to be prepared for life and so on and so forth, but not always by the right message. So we intertwined that unconditional love feeling we had from birth with ego, the devil, whatever you want to call it, temptation. Ego is all of those things, fearful, abandonment, like rejection, blah, 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 blah. So they became intertwined with each other. And if you, if you can, I have to say, if you can't see my hands, which you can't, um, but those are like, um, I'm making the visual of the two snakes that go up the, whatever it is. I'm forgive my ignorance. And I can't even believe this in healthcare, the staff, I guess I think it's what it's called. Right. So you see that in healthcare, but you know where you else you also, you see that you see that in, um, chakras and like Kundalini. Okay, so how odd that from Western and Eastern medicine, not really odd. Okay, but then you see the blending of those two things that happen in a body, right? So this is important because when we're trying to do separation of that observance and meditation, that's what we're doing is we're practicing becoming the observer that came from energy before and we'll go back to energy after of the unconditional love. Sitting in a place where we're seeing the monsoon of swirling emotions going, that's not me. That's just the experience that the body is having right now. That is just the trigger of that's why I fear, feel, feel fearful. That's why I have anxiety. Okay. Somebody taught me that when this happens in my life, my body responds with fear and anger. That's an emotion. That's an emotion. An emotion doesn't, um, emotion comes from the mind. It doesn't come from spirit. Okay. The reaction comes from the brain. The emotion comes from the mind. And then unconditional love comes from your spirit. So you're working on separation. You're working on that observance. So really powerful. The fact that, you know, that was like a 10 minute discussion about why just observing things makes an impact. So if just observing things makes an impact, then how much of an impact do you suppose you could really make if there was more than one person observing? A lot of people observing in positivity. What is that? Prayer, perhaps? Congregation of like beings, you know, if whether it's just social or in a devotional setting or whatever. Group collective consciousness of positive feelings, feelings and energy, right? So how much things can actually be affected by the level of positivity, okay? So that's really cool. That's really cool, I think. Uh, and part of that is also because... 
you know, we need to talk about then, like, how am I going to harness that? How am I going to harness that into my everyday life, especially if it's something that I'm struggling with understanding or it, it, I'm just kind of new to this, right? Well, we've talked about this before in some podcasts, but, you know, when we talk about senses and faculties, okay, we've had this conversation that your your skin is your faculty to touch and your nose is your faculty to smelling, your tongue is your faculty to taste and so on and so forth. And the confusion is, is that we think sometimes that our eyes are our faculty for seeing, but they're not because when we close our eyes or we dream at night, we still see things. So our eyes are just the faculty for relaying the stimulation we see around us so our brain can process that, right? We've talked about that. So we have quote unquote five senses, but you do have a sixth sense. And as we're discovering in this conversation, it makes sense that the sixth sense is a thing. Um, it's called e-sense. It's called emotional sense awareness. Um, it's called the clairs, uh, which is like clairvoyance, clairaudience, uh, so on and so forth. Um, it's really just intuition. Okay. And so there's a lot of different words for it, but it's intuition. So when we just beat, beat back it up to the uh, part of this conversation, when we said, when you're born and you come from unconditional love, right? Your E sense, your sixth sense is still active. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's still active. When you're born, you have the ability to be in tune with other people's energies. You can feel their auras, you can feel their experiences. But when all of a sudden you come from a place of unconditional love into planet earth, where ego, the devil, again, whatever you call it, now exist for you in this this vehicle your body your body feels the energetic exchange of negativity which it didn't even have before so even with self-soothing, even with your mom, even with that skin-to-skin -skin contact, you know, as soon as you're separated and you go take your first bath and mom's not there, uh, you you go home and you're exposed to whatever noises that you wouldn't have had, you know, in a primitive state where it just would have been you, mom, family, or community taking care of it, whatever, you know, it's too much. It's too much for such a gentle, gentle soul. It, it just is for anybody, let alone a brand new person. So a lot of the time, we learn to dial it down. A lot of the time, some people turn it off completely. And if you're like, this kind of sounds weird, I, I get it. I was there once too. But think about people. Some people don't have great hearing and they have it that way from birth. Some people don't have great vision and some people are blind. Some people don't have a great sense of smell or taste. Uh, some people actually are more sensitive to touch than others. So it's not unheard of that this would be a potential gift or additional sense because we can when we walk into a room as we've said before you can feel tension even if you do not know anybody in that room you're feeling the energy so it's not insane to think that at some point that that could have been heightened and in some people it still is but even cooler to think that could we turn it on could we turn it up could we like influence it could we could we improve it well I would say a lot of people might think no, because you can't really, you know, change your eyesight. You can't really change, um, you know, your hearing once it's gone. Well, we don't know that. I mean, I say majority of human population functions on that notion for sure. But if you're woohoo-y like me and you're into personal development and spiritual development, you probably have heard some cases or seen some things or even did some Google searches about spontaneous curing. I mean, I don't know which legally, medically speaking, they can't say like cure. They have to say like spontaneous remission or spontaneous healing, basically, when there's zero explanation for uh, one day people have cancer in the body and the next day they don't. One one day people have, um, you know, they're legally blind and the next day they don't need contacts and they don't need their, their, their uh, glasses and so on and so forth. So that's a, another conversation for another woohoo day. But we want to dial it back to your sixth sense of your e-sense, right? So you have it or you did have it, right? So 
this is really imperative when we're talking about like tuning into manifestation and manifestation was a hard word for me because it was so woohoo-y. I'm like, I don't know if I want to use that. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you use it or not because you're manifesting by default or by design. So you should, you know, if you're going to sit down in front of a catalog and it's say like a million pages, you probably wouldn't just flip randomly and point to a thing and go, give me that, right? You would probably scan the table of contents and decide what you really needed in your life. And knowing that you could go back to the catalog at any time means that you don't have to like get one delivery right now. That's the biggest delivery you'll ever get. And now you're overthinking what you're going to get because you're like, oh my God, what if I don't get all the right things? What if I miss my opportunity. Nope, that's not the way this works. And that's one of the beautiful things about the universe as you continue to do personal development is that when you surround yourself with that gratitude of abundance, you will feel rich today. Because all of us, not all of us, of course, a lot of us are programmed to think about lack and scarcity. You know, I need to have this big house because whatever, I need to buy all this food at the grocery store that I might not all eat. I need to have all this extra clothing that is not necessary for me to wear, you know, because I, whatever. Okay, I'm just making up stuff in terms of <clears throat> abundance, right? So it is nice and important to have have that view, I, I believe, because uh, when you're trying to consider what you might need for the rest of your life in one order, that's a lot of pressure. So you don't need to do that. What you just need to do is tune into that observance, becoming the observer and not just the thinker of the things. Uh, so if you're in a good headspace where you can really process, like, do I need to make emotions um, out of urgency or emotions? Do I need to make decisions out of urgency? Or can I make a decision when I feel like all of my best options are laid in front of me? All right. So that's that's how you want to manifest. You don't want to manifest out of urgency because this, what, what happens, right? You manifest out of urgency. You're like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be fat. Oh, I don't want to be broke. Oh, I don't want to be alone. Uh, and that's not the way you want to manifest. And so why is that important? Well, we've talked about this. So if you're if you're playing the drinking game at home, then I don't even know how many drinks we're in like three now. But right. But the fact that you don't speak language when you pray, that you don't ask the universe for what you want through your words, it just doesn't work that way. And um, I'm going to say this only in case you've heard this before. I don't, I hope not to add any further confusion, but the universe doesn't understand think words like can't, won't, shouldn't, didn't. It doesn't understand those. Uh, and that always threw me off because I'm like, then why are they part of our language? Well, because we're the ones that created language, not the universe. And so that always kind of just confused me. Um, but that's, that's important because when you look at two phrases, let's say, I don't want to be fat versus I want to be healthy, again, same message, one of them has the wrong intention, right? Because one of them is, an, is a statement of insecurity and fear. I don't want to be fat. I don't, I don't want to be, what, is, what does being fat mean? Fat means potentially being alone. Alone means, die, alone means dying alone. So one of those has that type of intention. And the other one of I want to be healthy can be more than just an number on a scale. It can be to keep up with your kids and be present for your partner at the end of the day. It can be to have your autoimmune disease, you know, where you want it to be so you feel like your life is functional. It can also be to to become healthy enough that you don't have to worry about waving on the wire between disability and benefits and living a full life. You know, like that's crazy. Okay, so when we change our emotion behind what we're saying, that's where we have the control anyway, right? Because the universe doesn't speak language. If it did, everybody would speak the same thing. And that includes animals and anything living in nature. And we know that plants and animals definitely are not speaking English. At least I don't think they are, right? But anyhow, right? So when you're paying attention to the type of emotion that the statement that's coming out of your mouth or you're writing down in your journal or whatever, 
the thing you're trying to manifest, that's what the universe is going to go, oh, okay, I pick up on that vibe and I'm going to send you more of that vibe. Because like we said, energy is energy, cannot be created nor destroyed. And like attracts like, you know that to be a fact when you've seen magnets. So if you're putting out there, send me fear and anxiety because I'm saying I don't want to be fat. Send me more stand up catfish tinder dates whatever when i say i don't want to be alone right because that's the emotion that's going around it send me more unexpected bills send me more unexpected maintenance on my vehicle send me more unexpected money out of my account when i say i don't want to be broke right because that is the feeling and emotion that i'm sending out there is worry and fear and anxiety around all of those things so when i choose to say things like i want to be healthy i want to be financially secure I want to be in a healthy relationship. I like that to be that vague because not only, again, does it take pressure off of you having to sit down and figure out exactly what it is that you want? Because again, that's so overwhelming for a lot of people. We're so programmed to saying what we don't want that we have forgotten how to sit down and start dreaming again. So if that's a lot of pressure for you to sit down and go, well, I don't even know what kind of partner I'm looking for. I just don't want to be lonely, right? Well, that's okay. If you don't want to be lonely, then you take that bottom belief and then you just flip it into a positive of, I want to be in a healthy relationship. And the reason I really like that phrase is because that starts with you. It starts with you and it doesn't feel weird it doesn't feel like you're trying to push it it doesn't feel like uh you know it's silly to say like i want a healthy relationship with me especially if you're using that as an affirmation on your mirror and your friends going like okay well, that's weird um my affirmations by the way take up my full mirror in my bathroom so don't you forget it okay anyway so you can go very vague with them. i want to be financially abundant i want to be healthy and i want to be in a healthy relationship all right so just start telling yourself that and now that we've talked about like an observance of positivity on somebody's life totally affects it in the best way possible, then you've already started to make that change for yourself. And you've already started to ask the universe. Now, one of the things I don't think I've ever talked about, which is really fun, um, is talking about like waiting, <laughs> waiting for the universe to bring it to you. Okay, there is a delay. I mean, here's what's crazy is that the more you practice gratitude, the more you practice, uh, you know, um, manifesting, you will get better at it because you do, you get more clear on what you're looking for. But most importantly, you drop your resistance of belief. All right. Cause like right now, if I'm telling you just ask the universe for a new car, you're going to go, that's never going to happen. Well, that's doubt, right? And the universe doesn't speak never going to happen. It speaks the doubt of the emotion behind that statement. So you're not going to get the car cause you don't believe it. Right. So and something like a car and a house and money in the bank is very difficult for people to believe that they could manifest that you just you're doubtful of your own power. And that's OK. So you start with things that are very simple. I've talked about this before. So take a drink. You can manifest parking spots. You can manifest seeing pennies out on the street. You can manifest, you know, your perfect flower in your garden or something like that. Something that feels like totally much more realistic than, um, you know, a 2021 vehicle in your in in your driveway right so you start with these small things and when they start happening those are your synchronicities those are your little vibrations out into the universe taking a magnet and pulling it into your world for you because you asked for it you asked for it and when you laid down your resistance of okay I, okay i could foresee finding a a, a parking spot close at the store it's, it's probable so i could foresee it being a thing right but then when you're blown away because it's closer than you ever thought it would be then that's a synchronicity all right. Synchronicities are your little nudges from the universe going, you got what you wanted and you, it was actually what you wanted. It wasn't a disguised conversation. You got what you wanted. So bingo, bingo. Thank you so much. And you know, that's not always just like creator source, God, whatever it is you call it. Those are 
this is this is about to be woohoo okay uh but this is this is like your higher self this is your soul family these are your entities and energies that have left planet earth but are not necessarily with source and creator yet they might be flying around they may be getting ready to reincarnate <laughs> i can't believe i was even sharing that but i don't care because um again that's where i'm at at personal development and spirituality okay energy is more than just the energy that we see here we know that we only see three percent of light or something like that so anyway um, you know, that's your, that's your, that's your cheering section. Basically, that's your 11, 11 on the clock. Like you did what you were supposed to, you're practicing, you're believing. And, and those are the important things. And so keep doing those things. Cause now that you've manifested a parking spot, I could probably manifest something a little bit bigger, right? I could probably, um, like, I don't know. I've never really even talked about like what would be an in-between step from going to the parking spots to what's next, but here would be a really good example. Okay. Uh, people you haven't seen in a while. All right. So this one's always tricky because, uh, again, I think there's a lot of doubt around it, but there's also a lot of probability. So I always usually challenge people to think about somebody, somebody at first that you're not actually really that close with, you know, like don't pick a best friend. Don't even really pick like an old best friend because that's still a probability, especially in this digital age with a social media platform. I'm not saying you can't, but it might set you up for questioning yourself later on whether or not it was that random if it's somebody like well but you know i do see him like once a year that's not what i'm looking for okay so the first time i ever tried this um my 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 manifestation was actually like i think probably two years old two years old but here's here's the story behind it okay and um and then i'm gonna bring up another example so two it's i was doing i it, i was baby this is before i was even doing like actual manifestation i had just been introduced to like the power of positivity and the secret. So y'all, I was young. And that's why I think that the manifestation took so long because there was so much doubt. So the exercise was basically like, I think it's something you haven't thought about in a long time. So at the time I would have been like uh, 22, 21 or 22. And I thought about my best friend from seventh and eighth grade. Now we had seen each other like after high school. Well, we actually kind of in the middle of high school, we kind of lost touch. Unfortunately, we weren't as close as I would have liked us to be. Um, and then we connected once in college and that was it. Like I met up with her, we went out drinking and she was in a sorority. I was coming from a different lifestyle at that point. Um, and unfortunately we did not rekindle our relationship. No hard feelings. It was just like, we just were definitely not in a place of having a lot of commonalities. And so I tell you that just to kind of give you the backstory of like how much interaction we'd really had. So from the time I was in eighth grade to the time I was in college, we hadn't spoke to each other really, but once, and we reconnected via social media actually. So ironic that that would happen. Right. And so, um, 20, uh, yeah, somewhere between 19 and 21. I don't know. That was like the last time we saw each other. But then I thought about like, when I got this exercise, it'd be really cool if I did see her. And so um, I wrote her name down or something, whatever the exercise told me to do, put it in a notebook and like put it away. And I had thought about it from time to time. I'm like, you know, I never saw her. I never saw her. I never saw her. And then, oh, it couldn't have been a couple of years. It had to have been because if I was in college and then I had coal. So it was probably within about a year. So not too bad in terms of manifestation, but my sister moved into a house and um, I, so that's how I recognized I had Cole. He was a baby when she moved into the house and I don't remember how long or how much time had passed, but I received a Facebook message from this best friend and retired best friend, I guess I would say, and was like, Hey, I think your sister lives next door to me. I had seen, she'd either seen me or somebody she recognized in the backyard at one point out of the blue one day. All right. And you're like, okay, that doesn't really sound that great. Oh, she lived next door to my sister. She lived next door to my sister. She actually even, my sister had been living there for some time. 
and I well, and I never did actually see her, even though they lived next door to each other. But um, my point is more the fact that that is still a small world and very odd that my sister ended up moving in next door to the girl that I manifested. Okay, <clears throat> but let's fast forward. Like I said, so my manifestation manifestation skills are getting better. I have less resistance because of all the proof that I've had about these synchronicities. So when I put my order into the universe, there's much, much less resistance that's counteracting the sending it to me, right? So last week I was thinking of a family member um, that I'm not very close with at all, like not at all. But the reason I was thinking about her was because she had a young child who passed away and out of the blue, nowhere, I had this thought in my head is like, you know what? I've really not, I've, I haven't thought about this in a long time. I never even knew what happened to my aunt's daughter. Um, and her daughter passed away before she became my aunt. So I never knew her daughter. Um, but I, I was also very young when, well, I wasn't that, I wasn't very young, but I was young when she came into the family. So I first didn't even know that she had a daughter that passed away. And then I just remember hearing a story that it's a long story so I'll just shorten it up like I learned that she had a daughter that passed away but there was no conversation about it. I don't know if anybody didn't know the details or we just weren't talking about it but I never knew why she passed away and I just thought about it out of the blue last week and was like huh that's weird that I never did find that out and this week then on my Facebook my aunt was saying like happy 31st birthday to my daughter in heaven like come on you guys Okay, <laughs> like my aunt lives in South Dakota. She moved there a couple of years ago. I have only seen her once since she moved there. We do not talk to each other on Facebook again. It's not ill will. It's just that we're not close. And then that comes up. Come on. Come on. You can do this. You can do this too. Even again, if it's something very silly. So I do challenge you. I mean, it doesn't have to be a person, but a person is a lot of fun because, you know, it just is. It is. You could do something. Um, I've heard a lot of people, if you've ever heard, there's, um, this Richard Bach writes this book called illusions and um, he talks about a blue feather. So you could do this exercise and all you have to do is like literally manifest a blue feather in your life. And blue is important because it's a very specific bird feather, right? Um, you know, you probably find a lot of geese feather in Nebraska. So it probably wouldn't feel as, as symbolic, I suppose, but maybe you think of a blue feather planted in your planted in your head. You literally just think blue feather and then walk away from it. Like don't overthink it to go, where would I find a blue feather? What kind of animal would drop a blue feather? Why I don't live anywhere near, don't do any of that. You just think of a blue feather and then see how long it takes to find you. Okay. So you can do it. And once you're more confident in these small things that don't seem powerful or whatever, you know, again, you'll start to record these synchronicities, right? And you've had these before. Like maybe you and your friend were like at the same time you decided you were going to go eat it. Let's, let's go get food. I was hungry too. How did you know that? Right. Or maybe it's a movie you wanted to go see, or maybe it was a person you were thinking about. You wanted to talk crap about. Right. Those aren't those aren't coincidences. They're meant to be that way. And I know that's a little bit different because you're not manifesting it. But you're kind of manifesting it because you're putting it out there. I really want to eat. And your friend's like, I want to go eat something You're like, whoa, awesome. Uh, but that's also energy that you guys are sharing between the two of you. So so just get familiar and do these little things and then start manifesting bigger things. And so like I was saying some in-between stuff you could do. You could be looking for uh, like the perfect book for your personal development right now. And it could be dropped in your lap. It could be like maybe one particular thing like, you know, like I got this loan. I really want to pay this loan back. And I don't feel like I'm in a place that I could just, I have extra expenses I could do it, but it would be so fantastic if I could just not only pay a little debt back because I, I really, I, I owe that person, but it would just energetically make me feel better if we were even keeled. And I just don't even know. And then all of a sudden you just walk away from that. And then all of a sudden within a couple days, a check shows up in the mail. 
And you're like, I don't even know why. It could be anything. It could be an, an overpayment you made on an account. It could be a glitch in the system from somebody else. You, they didn't even know you overpaid or whatever. Um, you know, Tony and I were talking about money one day and we were, it was a very positive conversation. And then the next day our stimulus checks came in the mail. The next day, the stimulus checks were in the mail. Okay. And again, we, you know that they were on the way, but th it was very unpredictable. You didn't know when they were arriving. You didn't know if you were getting it via mail, if you were getting it via bank account. And that is ironic, by the way, because my first one was electronically deposited. And my second one came in a paper form check. That's silly and strange, but that's the universe. Just again, reminding you that there's our, there are your synchronicities. And synchronicities are fun and they're relieving because it's like feeling like somebody has your back. And again, you're getting what you want. So just remember that if you're not being intentional about your praying, about your um, manifesting, about what you're asking for, you're doing it by default. So your universe, your God, your source is picking up your emotion and it's giving you more of that. So that is um, a difficult conversation. I think I maybe I'll kind of wrap up with because, you know, one of the things that can happen with that is that people might feel like, well, does that mean that you're saying that I or somebody else is deserving of bad behavior or treatment? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, one thing to remember is that you can only control yourself. So when people act out in other ways, that is not a reflection of you. That's a reflection of what they're going through and their emotional language that they're speaking and their programming that they had. So number one, that's always got to be a takeaway, even though it feels like a shitty takeaway. It is because when it's not about you, then you don't have to internalize it. You know, trauma and abuse and assault, while of course are scarring, you don't have to envelop it is that it was something you did to deserve it, which is, it's also kind of like, here's the insensitive thing I want to say. It's almost egotistical for you to assume that it's almost an egotistical for you to assume that in one split second of somebody's life, you were so important that they did that to you. Okay. I know that's a shitty thing to say, but it, again, it's relief. It's relief when you can say, if it wasn't about my behavior, my appearance, the way I was showing up in the world, then there's nothing wrong with me. There's something wrong with the way that person is processing their trauma, their programming, their experience, the way they want to show up in the world. Okay. So everybody controls only themselves, everything beyond that's influence. But the hard thing to say is that you did ask for an experience like this. You didn't ex ask for the experience. You were asking for experience. Oh God, asking for it just sounds like a shitty thing to say, but uh, on an energetic level, you were asking for a situation to deal with. Okay. So I just want to give you for instance, right? Again, if you're, if you're thinking low level thoughts, thinking low level thoughts, low level emotions and frequency that you're dialing at, um, you're sending out vibes of fear and worry and anxiety. It doesn't necessarily translate. Like if you're like, I have a fear that my car is not going to make it all summer. And then you're, you're flat, your tire goes flat. That's not, it's not always a direct correlation to, I have a fear of something happening to my car. So something happens to my car. It could be for instance, that you, um, let's just say like, this isn't exactly relate, but like, let's say, maybe let's say you were going to take that car on a vacation. How about that? And then the car, um, you think, Oh, well, I don't think it, something's going to go wrong with my vacation. So then the tire goes flat. This makes more sense. I'm sorry. Um, so, and maybe it's not that the car, something goes wrong with the car. Maybe it's that you break your leg and you can't drive. Okay. So it's not always a direct correlation to the emotion that you're putting out into the world that the way that the experience shows up. And so that's what's important to remember is that whatever low level emotion people are holding on to, this includes children, this includes children, because they can harbor energy from day one. They don't necessarily consciously know. We don't consciously know, right? So it's not about what is happening to them. It's the emotion that's attached to that experience that they were asking, willing for, praying for, 
speaking into existence, turning their magnetic energy into that emotion to ask for more of it. So you, you might've asked for an experience to make you a better person. You might've asked for experience to try your patience. You might've asked for um, something to overcome. So you had something inspirational to share with other people. Uh, it's not my place to dig what that is. And if you're hurt or angry, I, I respect that. And I, I apologize because I, of course, would never want you to think that I'm trying to insinuate even from just saying that I don't think that you deserve anything like that. I know why it might sound like that or feel like that, but the more important perspective shift to that is not to tell you to get over your problems. It's to, again, be able to find, well, what emotion can I learn here that I can take with me that I can maybe get out of this? Maybe the fear of dating again. Maybe it's the uh, isolation of feeling like I'm the only person that's ever gone through it. Those are things you don't want to harbor correct? So if we're able to choose a better feeling some way, shape, or form, whether it's about survival or impact and influence or uh, whatever, th that's the quote-unquote silver lining and gift that comes from that. So that's that's another important reason, of course, why it's, it's good to become the observer because becoming the observer allows for you to step outside and decide when you walk back into it, what cape will you wear? Will you wear a lower level vibration like fear, abandonment, regret, rejection, or will it be of resilience and inspiration and so on and so forth? So I hope that makes a little bit of sense. And I hope that, that drives some clarity about how to really get what you want. You know, one of these days, um, maybe next week, if I remember, um, what I really want to talk about then is in taking all of that symbolism, all of that symbolism of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be successful, what it means to be a failure, what it means to be wealthy, what it means to be poor, what it means to be mentally unstable, what it means to be mentally aware, what it means to be spiritual, what it means to be agnostic or atheist, what it means to be um, motivated versus a sloth, I guess. I don't know. You know, those are all again, things that we collectively decided on as a society, as a community, as a city, whatever it is that you want to group your influences that are close to you in, you know, we decided all of those things represent those things. And so when you start to really get clear about manifesting and what it is that you want in your, your life, things are going to start shaking out. You know, when you're sitting down to this all abundant, beautiful, magnificent universe and you're asking for things, it's funny because, you know, you might ask at first for like a new Louis Vuitton bag or to be the first person to get the next Apple device or something. But you'll find with more observance that those aren't the things that you really want. So those are the, really the things that you're searching for. And they're not the things that you're asking for. You know, your inner dialogue, again, is asking for peace and comfort and contentment and va validity and vulnerability and connection. And you don't really get that from buying a new handbag. You might get acceptance from your tribe, you might get that, right? But you don't get love. Like nobody loves you because you have a new purse. They love you because you're amazing and you're you and you're vibrant and you shine and so on and so forth. So, you know, that is absolutely what this will start to do for you is it start to kind of set you free from everybody else's expectations of what it means to show up as you now. Because now you feel the way that you have always wanted to feel. You're tapping into the things that you really feel like align with you. And sometimes that will be different than things that you thought you wanted in terms of your taste of music, the way that you spend your free time. Um, the other symbols I just talked about, you know, in terms of reference, like your, I would say 
outward appearance, right? So the kind of house you live in and the kind of car that you drive and the type of wardrobe you inhabit and your personal care, like uh, I shouldn't say personal care because that's important. Personal care, of course, hygiene, uh, so on and so forth. But like maybe you don't put makeup on seven days a week anymore or do your hair seven times a week. That's me. Okay. Um, you know, maybe you don't put, well, that's, I think I'll just kind of stop with those things, right? So you just get really in tune with what makes you feel good. And sometimes it is putting on a full face of makeup and getting into your nice comfy car and driving around to, you know, meet your girlfriends for a drink. And sometimes it's like being a veg in your bedroom on your king size bed, hanging upside down off the edge of your bed in your sweaty pants with no bra on, filming a podcast, sharing your love with uh, the world about, you know, feeling content from within first. Because <laughs> that's literally what's happening i don't even know how i ended up upside down but it feels nice okay so that's um that's a scary place to step into just so you know because there is a lot of fear there's a fear of rejection rejection of your culture and you know your social circle and you know all those kinds of things being accepted you know being a social pariah because the things that used to interest you don't necessarily anymore but they still interest your friends they still interest your family so you're afraid of being judged for simplicity or fear of actually looking like a failure because maybe your since your car doesn't matter so much to you anymore you're driving this thing that looks like it's falling apart but you just don't care because it gets you from point a to point b but there are some some nagging thoughts that linger so that's kind of actually you know that's brilliantly for fast forwards to where i'm at right now those are the things that i am going through i'm, I'm shedding symbolism and shedding the things that uh, i think i had to carry with me and that I'm getting really real about what's really real for me. So that can be a conversation for another day. I think, I think what I really just want to wrap up with it with is what we talked about today. There's been a lot of conversation. There's been a lot of seeds to plant. There's been a lot of questions to ask. And um, I, I tend to try to weave this in at some point in a podcast or a, a live. Uh, I don't do a very good job of it. So I just want to reiterate, you know, the things that I talk about are just the, Oh, hi cat. It's always something. It's either a human or an animal, right? But the things that I talk about are not only not judgments of your life because, you know, as I try as much as I can to share about who I was prior to personal development, if you're listening to this, more than likely you're either on the cusp of not becoming that person anymore or you already are. Otherwise, this probably wouldn't interest you anyway. But it's more of just, again, the relief that it's it's not wrong if you are into the Louis Vuitton purse. It's just just ex be open to the fact that you might be changing and that's okay if you do and having permission and freedom to do so especially if it means more happiness and unconditional love in your corner right now now right now okay so um thank you so much for tuning into this i i really do hope that it was something that you found helpful at least relieving comforting in some regard and if you did get value from it i i would highly recommend for you to share this podcast you can share it to somebody's inbox if you want uh, you can share it to a personal page. You can share it via text message, whatever. Uh, but if you do, make sure to let me know because I would love, love, love to love, love, love on the both of you for being a part of this, like I've mentioned before. So uh, it was really fun chatting today. I hope that uh, we'll be able to continue this conversation next week. And don't forget that if you are looking for ways to continue this conversation, not only just to literally go out and start your personal development journey. So many people I know have uh, maybe either been inspired or even along this journey with me who are doing their own thing now. And that's what's just really cool to see for sure. Whatever, you know, happens to vibe for your tribe something along that line or whatever anyhow uh empowerment classes to to uh to sign up for one-to-one -one sessions as well as opportunities and uh free content here on anchor as always the good girls guide podcast as well as on instagram tiktok 
Facebook and a VIP page for sexual wellness and intimacy needs. So thank you so much for being here again. Y'all mean so much to me. You give me so much validation about this journey that we're on together. I'm wishing you health and wellness. I'm wishing you all the best. I'm wishing you abundance. I'm wishing you unconditional love, comfort, all the things we've been talking about these last four podcasts for sure. It's been um, quite a whirlwind and I appreciate uh, everything that you do for me. So stay happy, stay healthy and wash your hands. Have a great day. Bye-bye.